Hello and welcome back to another episode of Left 4 Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. I'm one of your other hosts, Chris, and welcome to week two of our Stephen King podcast marathon. So last <laughs> week we reviewed Carrie. Uh, the 2013 version and the 19. Oh God, what was the year? I'm... 74. 74. I know I was gonna I was gonna say 71, but I knew that was wrong. But so that was really fun. So if you missed that episode, um, just roll back one episode on the RSS feed and you'll find it right there. And Ryan, today, what 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 are we reviewing? Uh... <laughs> We're reviewing the mist. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That pregnant pause. That's sigh. It was so beautiful. I'm it's so glad that, I had it on Okay, tape. so we're reviewing The Mist exactly 10 years apart from each other. The movie came out in 2007, and the TV show came out 2017. And boy, do I have some thoughts. Yeah, so um, if you remember from last week's episode, or if you're just joining, uh, now you know, The Mist is my all-time <laughs> favorite uh, Stephen King novella and and work. I mean, there's a lot out there that I love, but you know, The Mist has a special place in my heart. So, I love the novella, and I love the 2007 version, uh, which was written and directed by Frank Darabont. And the Frank Darabont's a legend. He has so many claims to fame. Uh, he was a screenwriter for. Nightmare on Elm Street, The Blob, The Fly. Um, he's done. He's no. He's well known for other adaptations of Stephen King works, such as Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile, and of course The Mist. And I've always enjoyed this film because it's just it's it's such a excellent crystallization of the, the original work, and it also takes some like strong, I guess like. Not I, I, it takes some creative liberties, which actually makes the source material or it enhances the original work, and puts it to a different tone, which like, it just makes it so much more darker and grimmer. Like, we'll we'll get more into it, but like Frank Darabont, like he's just a horror legend, um, and he puts his own unique fingerprint on it, and it's just, oh, it's so good. And it's also really interesting watching this in a post Walking Dead world because Frank Darabont was a, a executive on the first and a half season of Walking Dead and what's really great just watching this movie you just you get to see him play with proto Walking Dead characters so you, there's a there's two major characters that show up in this movie that later appear in Walking Dead uh sometime like three years later it's just it's just so interesting to watch because this is like Fred Darabont and his element, and uh, it's just oh, so I can't stop praising this movie. It's so good. Well, but meanwhile, then I'm gonna. You're not gonna like doing this episode with me. Oh wait, do you hate the movie? I don't hate the movie. I think oh, that. No. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be the parade shitter today. So so here's the thing. Thomas Jane is not a great actor. He's okay. I think that the writing, and you know I'm a huge Stephen King fan, obviously. Uh, the Mist is something that I've never read, 
But from the King fans that I've talked to, the 2007 movie is probably the closest, if not almost near perfect adaptation of the novella. I Yes, I definitely agree. Okay, that's beautiful. The writing, I think, suffers with terrible acting. And I think that that's, that makes it unenjoyable. I think there were also some choices that were made with this movie that could have been left out. And I think it was just like a smidge too long. This was what, like a two-hour movie? It was, yeah. It was like you could have two... shaved a half an hour off. Easy. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half, in and out, perfect. Perfect length. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a little bit of a slow start for me, but I did genuinely enjoy it by the end. There was that gut-wrenching music at the end that like nearly made me shed a tear until you heard like the giant like footsteps that were accompanying it and I was like okay that's a little that's I, a little much I, I will much. give you Thomas Jane what <laughs> chewed a, a lot of the scenery especially that ending He did some like who I mean I, that that that's not a fault of anyone except the director like the director made a choice to tell him to like have an apocalypse now ending and collapse on the ground to his knees. That's a directional choice. That's that's more of a, criti- a critique on the director. I'll say that. Um, but the overall premise of this movie made me paranoid <laughs> and was probably the more enjoyable things of it. I mean, I'm I'm fucking nuts. We know that. And Tom and I always talk about um, having, like, a plan if anything happens. Like, and I mean anything under the sun, just because, like I said, you know, like, I'm I'm fucking nuts. And it's like, if this happens, where do we go and all of that. Now, granted, we don't have a plan for when the government fucks up and decides to kill everyone. But it it sort of played into the paranoia that I have, which both made it uh, um, nerve-wracking and enjoyable to watch. So no, I didn't hate it. I just think that I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. And I feel really bad because I know how much you love this movie. Well, okay, this is me. I'm super biased. So the, the, That's the true. Audience, or the audience already knows. But so. I, feel like, I feel like I would hurt your feelings more. No, no, no. If no, I told really you I hated it. I'm really getting your point of view because like, was this the first time you've seen Yes. Missed? Okay. Does it get okay. better with age? I think so. Okay. I, I I I enjoyed it a lot. Here's the thing, I don't feel I don't feel as bad telling you that I didn't enjoy this as much as you did, because I think if I told you that I hated the movie The Thing, I think I would might break you. Oh, but I don't okay. hate the movie The Thing, okay. so it's okay. Like so I don't feel as bad. <laughs> okay, there's two ways you can ultimately break me. One, you you saying the thing is the worst movie of all time. And it's Which it's not. not. It's, it's not. not. Okay. <laughs> it's not. The other thing that you can break me is, you know, after all this time. You finally watch Mad Max Fury Road, and you say you hate it. Like, that'll kill me. I think the Mad Max thing will get slightly kill me more. Uh, but please don't do that. <laughs> I'm fragile. Okay, well, I promise that if I wa- when I inevitably watch Mad Max Fury Road, if I hate it, I just won't tell you. Uh I mean, yeah. no, I, I just I'm won't still, tell you. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna out of this. We're gonna be doing a SMP episode. I'm just not gonna tell you. I watched. I'm not gonna tell you when I watched the movie. Okay. 
so that you'll never know. I'll never know. And then it'll just become this running meme where I was like, hey, Ryan, did you watch Mad Max? Still haven't seen it. No. <laughs> um, um, but, okay, so there is a theory that all of Stephen King's novels are sort of threaded together in this one universe. And I thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, I think that that's why Castle Rock was so good. Because it sort of interwove and like had all these nods to these different things within Stephen King's universe. But didn't necessarily make it about that. In the very beginning of the movie, Thomas Jean's character is painting the gunslinger from the Dark Tower. And that for me was just like, oh! Yay! Okay, I see what you did there. So that made me really fucking happy. Um, I had to... Maybe, uh... I have to, like, rewatch and, and press pause. But there was another painting that I didn't never notice before. It was, like, a, a clown painting. It had a red balloon. But you couldn't really see the face. Uh, so I was wondering Pennywise. if that was, a, like, a nod to, to Pennywise. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to the left, um, they had a... Um, the poster from The Thing... Um, which it's, it's just, it's just right on the nose. Uh, the, the mist and the thing are very, very totally the same. They both include, uh, themes of isolation and paranoia and fear and people turning on each other, um, and just being trapped in a secluded area and how the fear in the mind, uh, could be a much greater threat. I mean, there's also like these horrific eldritch, monstrous creatures around and that they were scary as fuck but like people are just as dangerous just so like you know mrs carmody for example yeah i actually wrote one of my notes for the movie at least was sort of reminds me of the thing it was just a one you know so i oh i'm i guess that i'm one of those jaded and cynical people where i have absolutely zero faith in in humanity i think that if we were ever put in that situation i absolutely agree with drayton thomas jane's character that when you push people to that point they absolutely will go primal and they will go back to a primitive state and i included the quote he says while they're discussing this while that girl i forgot her name that saying, like, you don't have any faith in people. How could you think so little of them? I'm sorry, honey. I'm right there with the rest of the cynics. I, I, I fully stand behind this. So he's saying, sure, as long as the machines are working and you can dial 911, but you take those things away, you throw people in the dark, you scare the shit out of them, no more rules, you'll see how primitive they get. Which is followed up with... You scare people badly enough, you can get them to do anything. They'll turn to whoever promises a solution. And whether or not they had made the Jim Jones, Jonestown reference, I would have made that connection anyway, because Marsha Gay Harden's character, which is Mrs. Carmody, is like the perfect example of a cult leader and how things like mass suicide happen yeah, in that cult, situation cult of personalities and oh and, yeah i mean they they hit her right on the head they were like she's got four now by the next by tomorrow she'll have two more and four more and six more he slept for what 12 hours and she had the rest of the supermarket under her thumb they were ready to kill a kid it happened that quickly because fear gets the best of you and sometimes people want don't want the responsibility 
of making all the hard choices and they just want to follow and they just want to do what's easy and sometimes it's easier to be a sheep and follow someone so you can say well i'm except i will say at the end of this movie thomas jane does end up being in the wrong to a degree but for the majority you can it's a lot easier for you as a human when you're that terrified to become a sheep and to just follow someone so when a resolution does come, it's a lot easier to say, well, I'm exempt from guilt because I was just following what somebody else had decided. This person made all the decisions, not me. Yeah. Yeah, back in, uh, during like major psychological studies, uh, you know, especially with going to the studies of, um, you know, cults and how, how mili- like, for example, um, Nazi Germany, how how soldiers could do such horrible things. You know, there's this really well documented psychological concept called the diffusion of responsibility, where if you remove the sense of guilt or consciousness from a person based on a chain of command, so if you say something, oh, uh, I was following orders, or uh, or I I was ordered to, or it wasn't my fault, like. You know, there was a, I was being a higher power, higher authority, so on and so forth. Being absolved of that guilt, of that that emotional weight of that responsibility. You know, a lot of people can do terrible things, and then, and there's also like all sorts of like mental gymnastics, like oh, I I, I had to kill X Y Z because for the greater good, and um, yeah, so it gets gets dark and pretty re- nitty gritty to that. That this type of moral calculus, especially in a moral calculus where where like it's a class of civilization, so like the only rules are no rules, and it's like a dog eat dog world, and um, you know, it's it gets it gets real, too real. No, it does. It gets very real very quickly, and again, this is just me distrusting the government on so many levels. I think that, especially now. In our current governmental situation, <laughs> I would trust them about as far as I could spit. And you and I have had this conversation before on previous episodes where if it's something that the government does, I mean, I wouldn't take anything that they say at face value. Now, I will tell you that my opinion changes of them by the end of this movie but also by the time we get to talking about the tv show purely because of the way everything was displayed um also i've had nightmares before about like spiders crawling in and out of my body and this movie is not going to help that because Mm -hmm. i haven't had one of those nightmares in years and i can guarantee you i'm gonna be thrashing in my sleep because of you i love the i love the effects in this movie i just love like this this movie now it's baby cgi it's baby cgi i'll say that but (laughs) it's still pretty fucking effective the the acid um, the acid webs. The acid web. I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm not a fan of spiders. Like, I'm not like I don't have arachnophobia or anything. I'm not a fan of spiders though. But that was pretty fucking cool. I still want to know what the giant space dinosaur looking motherfucker was. Yeah, the there's like there's like these this, this giant like whale sized lumbering. Like what was bees. that? It, it's just it's just Cthulhu Cthulhu monsters. You know what it kind of reminded me of. 
It reminded me of like a living, breathing at at from. I call it an at at. Oh. I know it's an at at. Don't at me. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get that. That sounds so. I, I just didn't love, it look like, the, like one. Of, I just wanted yeah, to write I love it. The small details were like this is actually really accurate in the book where. Um, Stephen King described that same monster with a small flying bird-like creatures flying around it. And you could see, like, this giant lumbering uh, Cthulhu Adat has. Is a, is a, <laughs> it's like a bio biome of itself, and like, it, it, like these birds probably feed off parasites that live on his back and stuff. And it's um, not a hippo. It's not. It's it's just, ugh. but it's so cool. I love it. <laughs> and, um, and then you have like the iconic, um, like mosquito looking monsters and like the giant pterodon that blasts in through the window. Oh, these monsters were so good. I, it was very, uh, stranger things kind of mm-hmm. like, like baby Demogorgon type situation. Um, they had no skin, like really burnt red looking fleshy gross and just oh oh yeah it was gnarly it's my shit i love it (laughs) this is why you like that movie so much you just want to keep all these things as pets yes i do i want to be their friends oh good lord i will say though now you know me i don't really get like religious or anything like that but religion is like a heavy part of this movie because it definitely splits into this believer non-believer thing Say what you will during the end times. I'm never going to be able to know how I'll be. Although I'm pretty confident in who I am as a human being in that respect. Uh, until <clears throat> the end times actually come. I will say, though, that the thought that I had while Marsha Gay Harden was preaching, I wrote down, murder in the eyes of God is still murder. Which people who are using religion to promote fear sort of... F- either forget in the moment or they use it intentionally to do whatever they, to get other people to do what they want to do. Or if you're as deranged as Miss Carmody, you believe you're one of the chosen. You're like, she thought she had a direct line to God. That woman was fucking nutty. Yeah. But then Ollie, Ollie MVP. Oh my God. Ollie and Irene, the two badass people of this movie. Uh, yes, Ollie and Irene just there. I was so I got real sad when I thought Irene was gonna die in the pharmacy. Like really sad. I was like, please don't leave her behind. I did get mad that they left behind the giant bag of drugs, though. Like, what were you doing? And they left the pharmacy. They left the pharmacy doors open too. After criticizing the people that worked there for leaving the doors open, I was like, I mean, eh. shitload of spiders. <laughs> yes, but they had a meal on the floor. You could have taken two seconds to shut the doors. Yeah. Sorry, shit like that really bugs me. (laughs) Shit, like, minutia shit like that really bugs me. It's like the people in movies or in horror movies who are taking the time to run, but take that extra time to turn around and look back. I'm like, if there's two things you can do, you can either take that extra time and shut the door you just came out of, or you don't turn around and you keep moving. You just keep moving because, like, you reduce your momentum by turning around. Right. And, so, yeah, you, you had time to shut the door. It was they were they weren't gonna bother you at that point. There was dead meat on the floor. I realized that used to be a person, but yeah. Anyway, rest in peace, Ollie. And 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 I like Ollie. Uh, I mean, his his character was really faithful. 
uh, to the book. Like I do much really want to read the novella now because it's one of the few that I haven't. Uh, you can also get it as standalone on Audible. I know it's it's uh, its own standalone book. I think it's about like six hours long. So. Okay, hashtag not sponsored, but good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Audible, we love you. <laughs> Um, and Irene just, I, oh my gosh, I, I kind of forgot this scene happened in the movie, but when they're, when, yeah, when they're coming out of the pharmacy, she just like whips out a can of bug spray and makes a flamethrower. It's like, shit. She's like, she's like a proto Ripley. This is awesome. I love it. She's like Ripley if she survived and got real old because she settled down in a podunk town for a million and a half years. It's, it's very good. Um. So, <sighs> like I've said to you in the beginning, I didn't hate this movie. Clearly, I had more positive than negative things to say. I just do think that there were things that it suffered from. Okay. Um. I also don't think, or at least I thought this before I watched the TV show. Um. I don't think that this it would be a detriment to this movie if they decided to do a modern remake, provided they did it from the 2007 movie and they didn't try to change anything about it because that was a pretty perfect adaptation for again from what i've heard that was pretty fucking good it's really it's like it's really spot on and the major twist or i guess major adaptation from the film and the novella is that the film ends on a lot bleaker note um so in the original novel, so like all hell broke breaks loose uh, in the mall. Uh, Ollie kills Mrs. Comedy just like in the movie, uh, and he, then he gets killed. So the rest, um, uh, David, Billy, Amanda, uh, the old lady, the old school teacher is Hilda. Uh, so they change the name and they leave town, um, and they drive throughout through uh hours throughout new england and then they find refuge the, th- during the night um and they hear a brief radio message and all they hear is the word hartford it's like so hartford connecticut so they make an expedition into the mist to try to go on and try to find other survivors so it ends on a somewhat bleak but still there, oh yeah, there's still a chance for hope kind of moment. And then the Frank Darabont movie, they he, the guy, um, or just I'm sorry, oof. Uh, David just mercy kills um, the rest of the party, um, and because they ran out of the fuel, they start hearing monsters or weird shit in the in the distance, and he kills everyone. And then seconds later, the mist starts to clear, and then the military arrives, and and then he just you know, again, Apocalypse Now falls down and starts weeping and yelling. And That's dying. his Apocalypse Now moment. Yeah. Which, again, poor directional choice. Like, I get, like, being in total anguish. He was doing a decent job of that in the car. Um, I also think that finding male actors that can actually cry and, like, not necessarily be attractive about it, but, like, not be so ugly and overdramatic, I think is hard to find because Thomas Jane is not a good crier. Yeah, he, he, he was, like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think that if they took if they took the 2007 movie and replaced some of the directional choices and Thomas Jane, you'd have a great fucking movie. The rest of it was brilliant. 
I mean, the child actor was good. Everybody was really, really good in that movie. I just, like I said, it just suffered just a wee bit. Not even from writing. I just think that the the writing for the movie might have come off as bad because of the acting. <laughs> okay. I mean, who would you cast instead of Thomas Jane? I should have been prepared for this answer. Oh, okay. Well, hot take. Pop quiz. Who would I cast as Thomas Jane? Oh, what's his name from from Game of Thrones that just did the bodyguard? Mm, not Sean Bean. No, 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 no. Richard. Yeah, it was a, it's a show on Netflix. Oh, the UK. Oh, the UK TV series. Richard Madden. Uh, which which Game of Thrones guy does he play? Wait, I'm confused now. Richard Madden. Oh, he plays Rob Stark. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, okay, yeah. Goes to show you how much Game of Thrones I've actually seen. That's okay. It's fine. This um, is this is horror, not Game of Thrones. That's true. Okay, yeah, I can I can see that. I just think um, that he's he's up in. I, I know he's been in Game of Thrones, but I feel like he's now sort of expanding a career beyond that. He grows a beard. He looks a lot older than he actually is, which might be kind of useful if you're trying to play a dad. I actually don't think he would be terrible. I really don't. I think he would be a decent fit. Hell, you know me. I would even be down for an unknown in that respect. Even though they are the the sort of the face of the movie, Marsha Gay Harden really does sort of steal a lot of it. Which, you know, I, yeah. Sorry. Okay. The, the no, no, connection no, no, no. thought yeah. to that was going to be about Frances Conroy, but she's in the TV show. She has nothing to do with the movie. But, Yeah. I like I said, I just think that it suffers from some poor directorial choices. And I just think that you know, I mean, Thomas Jane was my first exposure to the Punisher. I rem- Okay, so I I thought So <laughs> I I as much as hokey those movies were, I still there's part of me that still really really enjoys them, especially I think it was the first Punishment movie. Yeah, it wasn't um, John Travolta the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, it was. He was. Yeah, this. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, no, actually, Thomas Jane was. There was only one Punisher Thomas Jane movie, I believe. Right? Okay. Yeah, that movie was kind of bad, but I, I still enjoyed it. Like it was terrible, Chris. It, it was okay. Yeah, it was. But I mean, he took the time to like create a skull shape and then light it on fire. To send a message. Yeah. You could, well, so did Batman and so did Eric Yes, Drake but I from feel like crow. Batman could, like, <laughs> like, have a drone do that while he's off kicking ass. Like, he doesn't have to actually take the time to do all of that. The Punisher movie was really bad. Yeah. I mean, this is also at a time where, like, we were still trying to get the formula right. So. Have we uh, gotten it right? I think so with, okay. Mar- with Marvel and you know John Bernthal <laughs> as the actual Punisher. Um, yeah, well, all right, fair enough. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, but cool. Well, I I'm glad I got your honest thoughts about the mist. My How goal, many- my goal for the movie was to just not hate it. Okay, I didn't want good. to crush your soul. Good. Mission accomplished. <laughs> my soul isn't crushed. Yes. Um, how many, how many parasitic blood flies? Would you rate this? 3.98 out of 5. Okay. I dig that. I because it's that. not quite a 4 because of the problems I had with it, but it's not a 3.5 either. 
Okay. Well, obviously, I have six blood flies and five. <laughs> because they're coming out of every orifice and they're coming into your your windows. So, yeah, just close the door. I just I just like how it wasn't just one monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were several. It was sort of like exactly what the private said they were doing experiments something got fucked up and it turned into a door instead of a portal and these things came in now does that mean this little town sort of gets isolated and left alone and like what happens after that now that the military is getting everybody out because obviously they didn't kill the things they just sort of left them there yeah, what are you going to do about a, a giant whale-sized behemoth that just Like, what are you going to do with all the, the citizens of that town? Are you going to kill all of them because yes, they saw massive something? Cover up, massive cover-up really uh, operation. People, you give people enough of that government money, uh, enough of that government check with enough zeros, and then, you know, people will stay quiet. You yeah. couldn't pay me enough to stay quiet. Yeah. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, not after being almost killed by pterodactyl monsters and blood flies and spiders. No. I mean, if I were Thomas Jane, I would just say to the government, put me in WITSEC and give me therapy, endless therapy and free booze for the rest of my life and I'll be quiet. He shot his own kid. Yeah. He's fucked up. Government, military. Now, Project Arrowhead, you done fucked up. You done fucked up. Now, here's the thing. So there was a line in the movie that poured over into the series that may or may not come back because I only, well, I, Chris, I watched as much as I possibly could stomach of the oh. TV series. See, I watched, I watched the OG series. Well, I watched it when it first came on Netflix. So I watched the first grueling 10 episodes and then i decided to watch it again i made it to episode nine on the second rewatch oh, so the things i do for you the things i do for you <laughs> <laughs> this was your well, actually, idea I, I was hate watching i was i was hate i was having a good time okay this is, so it was just so bad there is a line where in the movie he pulls up to the house and sees his dead wife and he says i told her i was gonna fix the door that comes back in the TV series, and I wrote a note that says, Dad dies. Now, he hasn't yet, but I was just like, well, he said that to her, and she died, and the wife said that to him, which means he's gonna die. Much to my dismay, he was still alive when I left the TV show. Yeah. So... They divert so So hard! And so bad! So, right, you have... Did you check out any spoilers of what happened in the fin- finale episode? I did not. No, no, no. I left it alone. shit gets really wild. So let's, uh, let's, let's build up to this point. Okay. Let's talk about this horrible TV series of The Mist. But it doesn't even deserve that, that mantle because it's just so bad. No, it's really um, terrible. Yeah, it's just... it's so Okay, so The Mist TV series, this was a one-season, ten-episode show uh that premiered on spike i'm sorry yeah yes total shit show premiered on spike uh in june to august 2017 in september of that same year so it was 10 years after the movie they decided um we're not going to reboot it into a movie we're going to reboot it into a tv series because under the dome was successful Mm -hmm. 
Eh, wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, this is created by Christian Thorpe. I don't exactly know what other work he's done, but uh, uh, th this movie. After this. I, yeah, I. This movie takes some really, really liberal. Uh, I guess choices, directions, uh, fuck ups, what, what have you. I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, Chris is speechless, guys. It is. It's 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 so bad. Okay, so I mean, much like the original movie and TV series, there's a unexplained mist that covers the town, and then the t residents of the town realize there's something more to this mist. But the first thing of many that I don't like about this the show is that is. It tries so hard to create mysteries for it to solve, but then it just keeps stacking those mysteries on top of each other. So it just becomes this really inconsistent, sloppy mess. And for example, like the mist, like on one hand, there seem to be like weird creatures, uh, or at least like bugs, just bugs, just just going crazy. Um, and then two, it's it screws it's like a some type of neurotoxin where you start to hallucinate and it creates actual physical things or manifestation of doppelgangers that end up killing you based on your worst memories or your worst traumas or regrets and then on the other hand it's like this like this throwback to the happening where it's nature's way of retaliating again and it's it's like it's like this global coal culling of the human population or just of the world or and then of course you have to have like the metaphysical oh it's it's the work of some high like weird metaphysical power a raffle vengeful thing or elemental force and it just becomes so sloppy like i mean yes the movie stuck really close to um the novella and both had like eldritch horrors but that that they kept it simple, and then they just they they honored Stephen King's original imagination, and they really adapted, brought to life like these really creepy, extra dimensional monsters. And then like this TV show, they're trying to do everything at once, and it just becomes so sloppy, and it's just like I don't know the 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 whatever is in the mist changes every second. It's just so maddening. That really pissed me off. So I like how. You saw bits and pieces of whatever was in the mist. And it was never the same thing twice. And that was really nice for me. My problem, and I took notes, as many notes as I possibly could stomach, on every episode that I watched. Unfortunately, after episode one, I was hate watching from there on in. And I had promised Chris I would get through at minimum three episodes. So I pushed myself to five. So I stopped at five and he was at nine. So he's going to basically take over episode six through nine and the last episode because I just got to a point where A, we had to start recording and B, I literally could not deal with the show anymore. It's, it's bad. Bad so experience. I wrote... The problem with this premise in a TV show is a high chance for too many plot holes and convoluted storylines, which that's all it is. There are too many storylines to follow 
And by episode five, I was fucking confused, bored out of my mind, and just pissed off. Um, they made some, they made some really, 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 really bad choices for this TV show that I, all the way from the treatment of certain people in this show, and while I was watching it, the only thing that I kept thinking of was, oh my god, it's Bird Box before Bird Box. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, what the fuck? This show like okay so yeah i definitely agree with ryan so when the mist happens everyone's separated so the the mom and her daughter alex are stuck at the mall kevin and adrian and connor are stuck at the police station and then they have a group a bunch of people who end up at a church oh and then there's uh brian yeah brian and me well Brian and well, there's Brian who's uh, an army member, or army guy who wakes up with amnesia, and he goes into town. And then there's Mia, who is this uh, junkie criminal who's just trying to look out for itself. Eventually, the party becomes Kevin, Adrian, Brian, and Mia. And then you have the people in the church, most notably um, Natalie uh, Raven who takes over as the weird pseudo-religious cultist leader. Because, uh, like, spoiler alert, they kill Miss Carmody, like, right in the right in the. Yeah, plan, what which, the fuck was that? Yeah. Also, yeah. I will say, though, the special effect that they use for her death. So there is a minute, there is a moment where she goes out into the mist with her son, and you hear a bunch of screaming, and then you see her come back to the mall door, and she slams up against it. And even though the CGI was just not great... She's missing her jaw, but she's still screaming. So you just see like her upper jaw and a tongue flailing. And I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. They seem to go more in a horror element and horror direction with the TV show that they didn't necessarily do with the movie, which I don't hate. I think that it functions either way. I just know that a lot of my notes contained things like so bad seriously with a bunch of question marks and exclamation points um there it's it just wasn't good i think that there was also something that really bothered me was the guy that we are led to believe is the soldier that wakes up in the woods goes to the local cops and tries to explain to them with his amnesia that I don't know why he just tells them he do, he doesn't tell them he has amnesia. But in this very small town that he stumbles into, the way they treat him, and maybe I'm jaded by what's going on in our country right now. But looking at this show through that lens, I kept thinking if this military guy was white, they wouldn't have treated him that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that really, I... really bothered me that it was that evident or that prominent there it's not it's not like they were outright like super racist but like but they didn't have su- to be and but that, yeah even but that, that subtext was definitely there you could definitely read it that way yeah. which is pro- problematic and like like it's it, extraordinarily it, problematic and i think that that really put a bad taste in my mouth with this show uh not just that like this show in general is super problematic it has like super awful things to illustrate or say about women about the LGBT community, about like the mentally ill, it just hits all those boxes. It's just, uh. 
so that's probably uh, you're, that's probably a great reason why Ryan you were spared watching halfway through because like it gets really like like the political like it gets worse the social like the social political like commentary not <sighs> commentary like like just how they just really bad actually really really problematic bad writing and just being so incredibly tone deaf I, it's like how could you let of this get away this is so bad I this is why you have multiple writers and editors. Well, I will say that I think the highlight of... There are two highlights for me. One was Mia the girl. And she does take a, an episode or two to get into it. Because episode one, her acting was terrible. By episode five, I was like, I don't hate your face when it's on screen. So I guess you're decent. That and the death's head moth imagery. I also just like... As someone who doesn't like insects, I also really happen to just love that moth. So it was a nice touch. I like the moth too, but I, I feel like they were just relying too hard on it. I feel like they were just trying to push it in your face more. Like, oh, well, this is so cool and edgy and like, this oh, it is was creepy, absolutely right? a, a crutch. Yeah. yeah. And they were, they were using it like, the, like the Death's Head mod showed up once on Miss Raven's hand. And then it showed up on, as a tattoo on the guy. And then... He becomes Mothman for real. It's like, okay, we get it. You like moss. This is, and you're going with this insect theme. Um, you do, we saw it the first time. You don't have to like keep hammering into us. So I would, but at the same time, I did really like the body horror element of that. I thought it was cool. I, as someone who doesn't like body horror, I actually didn't mind that part. Um, my problem was that I just thought it was like supernaturally charged like insects and i was like well that's a fucking cop out mm -hmm. what made it worse was the reveal because chris what did i call it <laughs> if i remember correctly let's see i said oh no it's the mothman from space covered in fucking spaghetti that's not scary it's not intimidating it doesn't seem otherworldly all of this says to me is that the mist has some sort of biochemical warfare uh, hallucinogenic agent in it. And that's what you're seeing. This one saw a moth being like birthed out of a human. This one saw a giant flying spaghetti monster. Somebody else could see something else. That says more government than alien. And for once, I wasn't mad at the alien half of it. They were just oh, but then the, piss the, the, poor the choices that were made. I'm sorry. The writing gets weird again because the writing was it, never good. Well, yeah, yeah, but like the writing of like what the exactly the miss is and does just it just does not. It just it, it just it just goes in the other direction. So there's this is one scene. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Just wait, hold on. So before we go past where I was. Mm -hmm. I just have two more, two, three more things to add, and then it's all you, I swear. Okay. So, the kid that gets outcast from the mall, his t-shirt. Oh, Vic. Yes. His yeah. t-shirt has a space yeti on it that looks exactly like what the monster was to those children. Uh, I actually wrote in my notes, Chris, this show is terrible. Because That's <laughs> But there was one nice nod to the original movie with the bloody handprint on the window. And I was like, okay. Yay. 
So okay. we went. Let from, me tell you, Ryan. We went from space aliens that are genuinely terrifying because a you keep telling yourself this isn't real, that can't be happening, to a giant Yeti Mothman from space. But it's not. It's not. It's not one of those, or it is one of those, Ryan, because this movie's or this show's writing is just terribly out of place. So it goes from that to being an intelligent force ah. like 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 it's actually like sentient so oh, no so epi- chris so in episode six it's called the devil you know so at this point in time why do you want to hurt me yeah i'm, I'm sorry so so, so in this episode <laughs> basically uh, miss raven and her nature moth god and the priest I guess I don't know what kind of Christian uh, or what kind of church it was. I don't know. It's Christian or Catholic. Basically, the two like Miss Miss Raven and the priest have a my God is better than your God pissing contest. And so, well, well, for before that, uh, Link like the the altar boy goes kind of crazy and tries to forcibly torture. Miss Raven to denounce her weight, her like her free hippie, na- this nature god ways and become follow Christ or else I'll keep beating you. And then Miss, Ra- I'm sorry. Ra- In times of trouble and chaos, people sure do forget the message of Jesus, which I thought was supposed to be love. No, he was like, repent, you witch, and be cleansed. Then I'm gonna be cleansed in a sea of fire because I'm gonna burn you. Yeah, so Miss Miss Raven was kind of a badass, and she smashed a um, like stained glass window in the in the bell tower. So she did gl- drink communion wine. She convinced yeah. everyone to participate. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she locked Link inside the room, and then he died. And then, uh, meanwhile, at the hospital, we find out that the doctor has been abducting patients. And performing experiments, trying to figure out a cure, a cure to solving or fighting the mist. So what he's doing, he's he's, he's been hold on. Kidnapped. The mist has only been in this universe for like two days. Two days, two days or three days. What? Yeah, but Chris. the doctor's like, no, no, I got to do this. I got to save save him all with my doctor powers. So he, this the doctor is kidnapping terminally ill patients and exposing them to the mist and he's taking notes and trying to figure out like what it does and he's and, he, and he's like oh the the mist is intelligent it's getting smarter was he doing this before the mist happened uh during the mist that's a lot yeah. to do in two days <laughs> yeah yeah and like apparently that's he, just like, also uh, like super lazy writing because unless the doctor knew it was coming you cannot, especially in a hospital, that in two days you're already on a backup generator and you're using all your battery-operated shit. There's no way. You, I'm sorry. That's that's. The, this hospital administrator is just terrible. It's so he's. Um, it's not so feasible, he, Chris. It's not feasible. It's not. It's not. So he's like, oh, it's getting smarter, and it's so. Then he so that Kevin, Kevin discovers. The doctor doing his weird shit. So then the doctor knocks him out and tries to expose him to the mist and do another experiment. Uh, and then Adrian and Brian rescue him. Back at the sh- back at the mall, Eve basically tries to um, bring some hope 
to the mall um, by posting like fake flyers dropped down by the National Guard. Um, in the next episode... Is she fucking stupid? Yeah, this just causes false hope. Anyway, this 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 whole show is stupid. So in episode seven... I want you to remember that next time you ask me to watch something. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Oh, Brian figures out that he's not really Brian, that... Um, his name is Jonah. He, his name is Jonah, Like that's Jonah right. and the whale. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they get trapped in a psych ward. How apropos! Uh, yeah, they get trapped in a psych ward um, because... Uh, there's a mentally ill patient who and who just kills people again. Really pra- problematic. Um, so they have to deal with him and try to not have him kill Adrian because Adrian got kidnapped. Mia leaves. I saw that point. She stole the keys from Adrian and fucked off because she got mad. She got mad. Um and. She panicked, and then she goes back to her mom's place, and then it becomes like this weird pseudo shining ripoff where she's the mist affects her, and then she's having this extended hallucination where she's running between rooms but actually stuck in the same place, and her mom appears at her apparition, and her mom's coaxing her to try to kill herself, and then <laughs> uh, and then Romanoff the priest and. Miss Raven have their god pissing contest. So they basically venture out into the mist, um, and whoever doesn't die gets to lead the the flock or the in the sh- in the church. And who shows up when both are outside? It's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And wait a they minute, like the it. actual four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. So so yeah, the priest he he stands in the mist. And he's chilling, and then the actual, the actual four horsemen of apocalypse. No, show you're up fucking from the kidding. Mist. It's a hallucination, no, right? Because he thinks that it's actually Judgment Day. It's a, it's not yeah. real. It's not real, but oh, yeah. okay. Or, or, or it's actually because here's who knows, the thing: the, is the the level of ridiculousness of this show. It like wouldn't shock me if they were like, no, no, it's not a hallucination. We're giving you like old, te- old ass testament, like four horsemen of the apocalypse. Not yeah. insects, but yeah, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. So one of them, I I don't know, I forget which one. It, like it was super. It was famine. Badly lit. Probably one of them. One of them shoots an arrow into the the priest and drags him away. And then what? Uh, Miss Carmody becomes, or no, sorry, Miss Raven becomes the leader of the of the cult. Well, of course, of we the, need another. Of course. So, episode eight, Love Nature. Uh, Natalie, um, or Miss Swan and Connor, they try to plan their escape. Natalie convinces the rest of the group that the reason why the miss is happening is because Connor raped, or I'm sorry, Connor's son Jay raped Alex, and that's why nature is angry. So, what they need to do to solve the mist is kill Jay. To sacrifice him to nature. What? <laughs> yeah. And then... I've said it once, I will say it again. Murder in the eyes of God is still fucking murder. Jesus isn't going to save you because you think you're doing the right fucking thing. No, no, no. Old Testament. We we, we like we like sacrificing things because that's what we do. Yay. 
Um, so the Kevin and their group, they escape the hospital. Um, the Adrian shows up at their dad's, or his parents' place to check on them. Okay, so Ryan, get, get, prepare yourself. This is where shit starts to get really, really bad. So, Am I going to need more wine for this? Yes, you might need more wine for this. Uh, <laughs> she's pouring herself a glass. What do we have there? Is that a nice white wine? Are you? F- it's in the middle of winter. I'm not drinking white wine yet. We're still okay. on red. Okay. This is okay. called Hanging Vine Merlot from 2016. I see. Okay. So poor, poor, poor. Because holy shit. Okay. This is poor. bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Adrian. Adrian uh, gets into a fight with his dad. Oh, his dad finally speaks to him? Yeah. So episode but... one, your quintessential like gay goth boy is sitting at the table, and his dad isn't talking to him, and his mother goes, you know, he doesn't see you when you're wearing makeup. I'm sorry, what? So it takes till episode eight. Okay, I can't. Uh, But it... it... It's no, it's Chris. Just, how it's could just, this get bad. any worse? Okay, I'll tell you oh, right no. now. So, what happens? Adrian makes a confession to his dad because you know what Adrian did secretly. Adrian is the villain of the story because it wasn't Jay who raped Alex, it was Adrian who date raped Alex. Because Adrian was like, I, how could how I, I can't let Alex fall in love with Jay because she he's a jock and I, and I love her too much and I, I I love her family too much so I I'm going to destroy Jay's life. Okay. And that's what he did. Chris? Yeah. I wrote and I'm going to show this to him on camera just in case. So I said, "Oh god, please don't tell me this is a revenge and redemption for the bullied kid." It Yes, and it's super I said that in episode one. As soon as they went to the doctor and they said there was intercourse, but there's no evidence of it being violent, I swear I wanted to stop watching. I only kept watching because I knew we needed to do more than one episode for this. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's really bad. That is so, oh, that is so fucked. That is, that makes me so, so mad. Cause they did. Cause they've one, already the fr- done. They've already done so many incorrect things, representationally. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the nonstop fridging and just like how they write really write female characters and I'm, LGBT oh. characters really mm. badly. So yeah, so that that was like oh shit. Okay, wow. So now is- you're villainizing the gay kid. Yes, and. Not all, Even like, though he it, doesn't... Okay, so I keep calling him gay. He's not actually gay. He says that in the beginning, in the very first episode, he says, guy or girl, I don't fall in love with gender. I fall in love with personality. Which mm-hmm. is, so an act, is an actual form of... Is it? No, 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 no. He he actually just says, I fall in love with personalities, not uh, uh, people. Like, he doesn't see gender. Which is an actual orientation. It is an actual sexuality, which is fantastic. And I got excited. I was like, that is pretty progressive. But you took that and you fucking villainized him by making him a rapist. It makes him a rapist. It makes him like a lying, dirty, 
cheat because not only does he lie about it, like so he he kills his dad here's the thing though everyone's cut- calling alex the whore and the whole thing and it's not even her fault she said her best friend was a witness i like what it, you know here's the thing the whole thing did have a very um there was a documentary on netflix a while ago called audrey and daisy and it was about two girls that this happens to at a party and very much like this situation it felt like they ripped it right from their stories and the same thing happened someone threw a brick through the family of the windows somebody was writing horror all over that like it was the exact it was the exact same thing um it literally felt like they ripped it right from their experiences and this show from that alone, I already felt that this show was fucking problematic as hell. Oh, it gets... But, I mean... From what you're saying it, now, I'm... A, I'm ecstatic. I never got that far, and I never will yeah, get that far. It's uh, so bad. I can handle bad TV, because it was bad. But bad, problematic TV like that... This is why I hate this move. This, this, this TV, it's... Not just bad. I don't it's even really, want like Netflix really to pop- have it on their platform anymore. Like that is It's it's pretty messed up. And it's pretty just just it being associated with Stephen King is mess. It's just uh I feel so like nasty. one tweet from Stephen King and he could take it off of Netflix. I, I wish. This is so bad. Um This is yeah, true. Okay, it, I'm gonna say this now. If if you want an experience of the novella don't even touch the TV show. Pretend like it doesn't exist. Just watch the 2007 movie and hope that someone decides to create a legit remake that is faithful to the movie and has nothing to do with the TV show. Because this is... Mm, it's bad. Mm-mm. It's And no. I watch this film... I watch this, this TV series so you don't have to because it gets super bad. Um, so Adrian, then he cuts himself and then he... Then he fakes like oh my dad attacked me and then a uh then kevin finds out that adrian was lying the whole time because kevin discovers in the bathroom trash like or some something in the bathroom uh where he puts two and two together like he, he figures out oh th- these, these were the same drugs that were was found in, in alex's her drink. blood yeah or, or her what's it called toxicology report um, so Adrian and Kevin try the fight. Uh, Kevin gets knocked out. Adrian runs out, plays or cries wolf, and the rest of the party leaves without Kevin. But then Vic decides to show up. Uh, I forget. Yeah, Vic shows up, and like this is again really due to it's inconsistent writing because like in the first half of the TV show, Vic was this clueless idiot, and then now. Vic is written off or written like like Glenn, like like season one, season two, Glenn of Walking Dead. Like he's kind of savvy and he's all and he and it's like he's that he's actually surviving for more than like 10 seconds. And so Vic and a um Kevin team up. Meanwhile at the mall, Shelly, the mom of the little daughter that was with Alex that got killed. Oh Shelly's like causing oh, like so gut-wrenching. It, yeah, it was it was like that was like one of the few moments where like okay I'm actually feeling things and because this was kind of okay. Um, you mean you were feeling things besides rage? Yes, <laughs> yes. So basically, Shelly is, is is sparking unrest and prejudice 
uh, or just ma major distrust between all the people in the loading deck. So like Eve, Alex, and what's her name, Kelly. Um, yeah. So episode nine. Um, so Kevin and Vic are trying to run to the mall house by house. Connor and Natalie are. Oh, at the end of the last episode, Connor, Natalie, and a, some other group who or like two other individuals, they decide to leave on a mission to kill Jay. And as they as they do so, they burn the church down alongside all the rest of the people who didn't want to go. So Miss Rave is now like a straight up like cult killer. Oh um, my god! And then they're they're navigating through the sewers. Basically, Miss Oh, one of the one of the uh, church followers breaks his leg and gets stuck down a tunnel. And then Miss Raymond's like, "Oh, it, you know, it was nature's way. We got to keep moving." Um, the the gazelle, the gazelle gets injured. The rest of the pack moves on. And then out of nowhere, Connor, being a police cop, he's like fully seduced by this. He stabs the wife of this dude. And throws her down the ladder. And now he's like full in. He's like, I'm in. I'm in. And I'm all the way. And we got to do this. Even though I don't want to. Because he's my son. Oh, and Alex is accused of murder. Because. Because of the little girl? Yeah. Oh, of, well, not, not the little girl. but Because I was going to say, they watched all that happen. Another murder. So what happens, uh, Shelly approaches the store manager and asks them like i want justice and um and then what's his name rufus or gus he's like no i can't no, rufus and, was the dog oh that's right so i think it was his name is gus uh like the the um, store manager and he's like no i can't and then shelly's like oh i'm gonna blackmail you because i know you're you're stealing f extra food and then he ends up killing shelly and then he he being a spineless person he accuses alex of murder so now there's this giant mob that wants alex's blood okay so oh also at the same time brian and mia are inside the mall brian l links up with one of the other military guys and apparently brian slash jonah is a superior officer in the arrowhead project also, this time, Adrian links up with Alex and Eve and convinces them that their dad is dead. Okay, right. I swear, we're almost done. This is the last episode. So everything comes to a head at the mall. Um, and oh, they finally holy... get to the mall. Yeah, like everyone's at the mall at the same time. And things get super weird because, well, uh, let's see. Where does where does start? Okay, so um, Adrian gets found out because they all get reunited, and then Adrian's just everyone can see Adrian for who he is. We also get to find out that well, Connor uh, Connor breaks into the mall, and and then there's this conflict of like justice, and then Connor uh, wants to turn the other cheek or, tr or turn a blind eye away. Uh, he's just here for his son. Connor uh, casts his son out into the mall, uh, out of the mall, and everyone's realizing, "Oh shit, the the mist is not clearing." 
Oh, yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, Brian and Jonah are is with Wes, and they are convinced they have to go back to Project Arrowhead. There's, like, this whole convoluted extra scientific mystery that they have to solve, and they have to split up, even though Brian and Jonah is conflicted, and he wants to stay with Mia. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So they're in the they're in like the main hall and there's like this giant mob scene and everyone's trying to kill Eve and and uh, what's her, what's her name Alex, uh, Kimmy dies and then holy shit there's this is one of the worst out of nowhere plot twists ever. Eve is trying to protect Alex from Connor because uh, now everyone's convinced that uh, Alex, uh, Alex has to die. Eve's trump card and the reason why she's so cold to jay and so weirdly projective is because dun 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 alex is actually the biological daughter of connor therefore there's incest because alex and jay were making out there are and they're attracted to each other so yes they threw an incest into this show. So she had an affair or it was... Yeah, she had to have an affair. Yeah, well, she... No, she had Alex before meeting Kevin. So she she hooked up with, with Connor. Apparently, well, that's what... Connor doesn't believe it's a, it's true, but I don't, Eve doesn't have any reason to lie at this point because her daughter's about to be thrown out. So she had... She, she hooked up with Connor... Um, oh, great. And then she made out Eve with her had brother. Alex, and then the reason why she didn't want Alex to hang out with Jay is because she secretly knew that they're brother and sister, and she didn't want any incest going on. So, God, wow, yes, that is some great writing, guys. Um, they couldn't think of anything else, literally. Nope. Okay. Nope. So then. Let's see. Uh, okay, well, I give this no bugs because the bugs ate the scale on this one. They ate the rating. Yes, yes. Um, there's like some other shit that happens, like Kevin fights Adrian, and Adrian's building cocktail Molotovs. And uh, fast forward, does this does this TV show like have a resolution the way the movie does? I, no, no, it ends on a no. Actually, I take that back. It's a giant cliffhanger. So basically, did they really think this was gonna get picked up for a season two? They were hoping. They were trying to set up a season two. Uh, so basically, the family the family leaves via the van. Uh, Jay sacrifices him. Well, Jay was still alive uh, somewhere, and he comes out of nowhere to save Alex at the last second because she like like no one can run properly. Everyone always trips and falls. No, just stop falling, please. One foot it's in front so of bad. One yeah. foot in front of the uh, other. It's so, it's so stupid. So so Jay saves Alex, and then and then Kevin, all, all this while, he's becoming an unhinged psychopath. After everyone's in the van, and they're, they're pulling in f- to the front of the mall, he reverses full speed through the windows and lets the entire mist in and starts killing everyone in the mall. And then Connor, at the last moment, saves them all because, like, the car gets stuck and he pushes forward and then Connor gets in and then he realizes that his son was innocent the entire time so now he's dealing with that emotional baggage. Not only was his son innocent the whole time, he now has to do with the emotional baggage that he has two fucking kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Then on the other side, um, Jonah. Oh, this is and, so bad. It is Jonah and like the other military guy. They leave to figure out or to, to go back to Project Arrowhead. Um, uh, Adrian somehow manages to survive, and he's hiding in the back of the SUV. Um, the rest of the party they drive to the edge of town, and Kevin's like, "Where should we go? Uh, the the mist has to end somewhere." Okay, and this is the last five minutes. They spot a train that's going through the outskirts of town. So they follow the train. They see where it stops. And they're like, oh my god, it's Hope. And then, and then the train pulls into a station and it opens up. And a bunch of military people in hazmat suits come pouring out. And they're throwing out prison inmates into the mist. And they're like, uh, Mia's asking, what are they doing? And then Kevin's like, they're feeding it. Credits. Season 2. <laughs> Cliffhanger. So. so it was the government deciding to systematically eradicate humans and deciding that all the prisoners were going to die. Or like the army's think or, or the army believes that the thing is sentient and hungry and or maybe they're uh, driven by some type of paranoia but yeah they're feeding people to the mist just like the people you know were or just like you know miss carmody or the people in the mall okay at this point i will take miss carmody over this nonsense yeah so like the military is just just doesn't know what they're doing either so so. okay well all in all this tv series sucked yeah i'm so sorry for that spoilers i reviewed and the series so you don't have to watch it because it's just bloody terrible, and it's just so problematic. So like, like not only you have like a villainizing a LGBT person, you throw in incest because why the hell not? Because Game of Thrones is doing it, and then you just write off, you just write really problematic depictions or exploitations of females, and it's just like. Uh, uh, you guys are just so bad at this. It's just, I can't. Can we end this episode, Ryan? I hate it. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, more of the story. Please don't ever watch the Miss TV show. Just watch the movie or read the novella. Or even better, you can you can just consume all the cultural milestones that the Miss had major influence on like the half-life video games or silent hill there's just there's so many other and much better things than the tv show yeah go read go read the novella watch the 2007 movie and that's it there was nothing else after 2007 maybe maybe at netflix to remove it it's just bad also if you're like a budding filmmaker why don't you remake the mist because i guarantee you Whatever you put forth into the world will be better than the 2017 TV trash. Oh, yes. Just please, please yep. save us. Save us from this horrible, horrible <laughs> mess. Oh, um, my God. Okay. But uh, this has been Left for Dread. <laughs> our, our second Stephen King mini episode. We have more to come. Ryan... What can our dreadfuls look forward to for the next Stephen King special? 
Okay, well, next up on the Stephen King, it's another me episode. This was all, all, I repeat this now, this was all Chris. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or, oh no. (laughs) Uh, The next episode, we're going to be doing it. We are going to be doing the 1990 TV series and the remake that was made, what was that, 2017? Uh, Was it already already two years ago? Well, chapter two is coming out this year in September. Yes. Oh my God, cannot wait. It's be very good. So we're doing my favorite clown, Pennywise, and I'm super excited. Oh, freaking duh. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I actually haven't seen the It remake since it first came out of theaters, so I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really excited. That's the last time you saw it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I bought it as soon as it came out, so I've watched it like five times already. (laughs) Probably more. Well, I love it. I'm going to be, I just love, what's his name? Something, something, Skisgard. Oh, God. Bill. Yes, Bill Skisgard. He's he's just so good. And just, I just, I'm really, literally right now in my head, I'm just seeing him do that creepy dance. And it's like, oh. Oh, I thought you meant the eye thing. Well, that too. I love You know, that's him, right? Yes. Okay. It's so beautiful. This is all things that we need to get into next episode. Yes, yeah, like okay, it's a teaser. These were teasers. This is all. Te- have you seen the 1990 TV series? The miniseries? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I love it. It's very good. Because okay, Tim, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, so good. Tim Curry. I love him. Well, on that high note, because I feel like you might have needed something. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, we release a new episode every Friday. You can follow every Friday, every Friday <laughs> instead of every other Friday. We're doing every Friday now, guys. I know we're doing it. We we are now a weekly horror podcast. Yes. Show, so. uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod on Facebook and. Guys, check out our new website at leftfordread.com. It's so shiny. It's so shiny. And uh, again, just hit that subscribe button. Um, you can find us all the major podcatchers. And if you're having trouble finding it, plug in our RSS feed into your podcatcher of your choice so you never miss an episode like this episode or it or whatever excellent Stephen King surprises we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. We promise that we won't have, or maybe, or maybe, maybe we're not able to promise. Don't make that. promises you knows? can't keep. I don't know. I mean, the Miss TV show is pretty bad, but we still love Stephen King, and even though he had nothing to do with it. But okay, um, just, just don't watch, don't watch the TV show. It's so bad. Anyway, uh, so until then, um, just you know, have a bug out bag. Have a can of bug spray and matches and be be like badass Granny Ripley because she's OP. And as always, stay, stay dreadful! dreadful. <laughs>